the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, folks, I'm really sorry about the last hour. Um, the end of the last hour, we've got some technical difficulties. And just like last weekend, we we had some. We don't really know whose fault it is, and we won't know till Monday or Tuesday as we struggle to work through this. The way that we're the way that we're doing the show today has been the most trustworthy way. We haven't had any any problems at all but for whatever reason today we can't touch base so we're on the old-fashioned telephone 602-508-0960 gill is still going to answer the phone we're going to still take questions so if you want to join us 602-508-0960 we talked about action auto repair last hour i-17 in deer valley he's a good guy tom i've known since 19 the late 80s he started in North Phoenix, actually the late 70s. I'd known him because he started in Deer Valley in North Phoenix in 1983. So no matter what kind of service you need, Action's a good place for this reason. He's really good with respect to if you are better served somewhere else, he'll tell you where you're better served than him. And that actually has a whole lot to do with everything. So if the shop will admit they're not the best guy for your car, that's a good thing. So if you live up in the Deer Valley area, North Phoenix area, and you don't have a repair shop, can I suggest Action Auto Repair at I-17 in Deer Valley? 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. I know where we were at when we were talking, but I think we were talking about electronic ignition and we were talking about fuel injection and all that other kind of stuff that happened back in the 80s and in the 90s. Today, the fuel injection system in your entire car from probably the year 2000 and north, your car has a bunch of sensors in it that help control timing and fuel delivery. So those are the two major components to get your car to drive down the road. And as a result of that, those are real primary components in your computer. But in reality, you could have 30 or 40 sensors in your car. The sensors basically communicate to the computer in what we call a voltage language. So I want you to pretend that everything in the car that's talking back and forth is one to five. So if the O2 sensor is giving a one signal to the computer, that means I don't see enough fuel. Turn the faucet slightly on. The the complete opposite of the number one is a number five. And if the O2 sensor, the oxygen sensor says five, then the computer knows that there's way too much fuel coming through. And as a result of that, they need to churn the faucet down. So this happens hundreds, if not thousands of times a second. Everything talks that way. When the throttle, when you hit your throttle on your computerized car, the throttle position sensor 
has the same options, one through five. One is idle, five is midway on your throttle, and wide open throttle would be five. So you have idle, somewhere in the middle, and wide open throttle. The computer will watch your throttle, and it will open the faucet appropriately for gasoline because it knows that you're going to need a bunch more fuel at 50 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour, than you do at idle. Again, it happens in the blink of an eye. The speed sensors, the same way, one through five, in a simplistic way, by the way. I'm giving you a simplistic viewpoint of it. The speedometer knows that zero is one, and it knows whatever your speed limiter allows you is, is the high end. Let's say it's 100. So everything in the middle in the computer will just look at the number and to determine how fast you're going. It will do that to shift the transmission. So the computer knows when to shift the transmission because it's also got programming in it. So when you reach this point in this load, this RPM, and this throttle, I want to shift from first to second. And that's kind of how it is. Many of you have probably experienced a situation where you ran out of throttle. And typically that happens in the 90 mile an hour range. And that's because the computer sees the mile per hour in an area and it's been cut off. The programming says 93, he can go 93, she can go 93, but we're not going to let her go 94. So at 94, they start trimming off the fuel. They start shutting off the fuel and they keep you at 93 miles an hour and don't let you go past that. So it's the same way with a, an overheat situation. The overheat situation, there, there could come a time where the computer will turn on all the electric fans and the computer will retard or advance the timing because that helps it run cooler than retarding the timing. And the computer will do everything it can and then pretty soon it's going to turn on some red lights and say, you got to stop. And obviously a tow bill is going to be cheaper than an engine. And I can't tell you how many times folks have actually had a problem and they thought, well, I'll just drive another two miles home. And then ultimately the car ends up at the shop and they find out that what's really happened is, is that we, the customer has wiped out the motor. And so you run into those kinds of things that create those kinds of problems. And that has everything to do with uh, everything. So anyway, we've got, um, Oh, we've got a caller. That's a good idea. How, uh, Gil, who are we talking to? Uh, say hello to Al. Al, good morning to you. How can I help you this morning? Good morning. Um, I've got morning. a 91 Toyota pickup with a 3-liter V6 in it, um, and it's got 494,000 miles on it, so it's almost broke in. Yeah. I'm having, I'm having a little bit of issue with it when I accelerate it is stuttering a little bit, and uh, I've changed spark plugs, uh, distributor cap, rotor, fuel filter, checked the timing, checked all the vacuum hoses, um, checked all my plug wires, and I'm just kind of coming to a, a standstill on it. And okay. No, no check engine lights, no coats? No, it's, a, it's an old OBD. Uh, one, so it does get a check engine light, but doesn't throw. I mean, it would if it had it, but no, there's no check engine light. It idles fine, it starts fine, it's just under load. It seems to hesitate a little bit. Okay. Well, um, it one would think 
that if you're going to fix this by process of elimination, you'd have to first determine whether it's spark or fuel. And because it idles fine, it appears that load, I agree that load would be that situation. But if, in spite of the fact that it doesn't run very well, will the car do 60 or 70 miles an hour? Yes. Okay, so that's going to eliminate a fuel supply problem. That's going to eliminate a fuel pump. That's going to eliminate a fuel filter. So what what we're left with is a spark. And um, obviously, shoot, you, you know, I, I, I'm scared to guess for you because I'm scared you're going to go out and buy a bunch more parts. And I think you've already spent far more money guessing than it would have cost you to have somebody diagnose it. What what really needs to be done is someone needs to put be put put the distributor on us on 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 a scope or an analyzer that we can watch what's going on with the electrical. So we're going to look at the square wave. We're going to look on and off on the coil, and we're going to make sure that that's a nice clean thing because this could be something to do with the distributor where the distributor shaft is worn out and wobbling which would cause a load miss. But then again, if you want to put one in it, then go ahead. But if you're going to do that, I'd do that first, and then I'd do the wire second. But this could be a pickup assembly, but when you buy a rebuilt distributor, you're probably going to get a new pickup assembly because I think the module on your 91 Toyota is remote. Otherwise, it's not on the distributor. So I put a new distributor two years ago. And it's got okay. lifetime warranty, so I could get another one. If that's the issue, that wouldn't be that big a deal. It wouldn't cost me anything. It's got a lifetime warranty. Okay. Well, you're you're certainly welcome. Well, what prevents you from just having somebody look at this? I mean, I I, mo- I think most shops are going to quote you somewhere between on the low side thirty five forty dollars, and on the high side over a hundred. And most everybody will give you that bracket and say we'll call you. And it's not uncommon. I see bills every day of my life where the bid was 100 and the and the, uh, the the diagnosis was $60. And I'm not to suggest that there's shops out there that won't take you to the top end regardless of how long it took them. But the most of the shops that I think have been in business many, many years um, for 10, 15, 20 years are not the guys that do that. It's usually the guy who's in business a year or two who just hasn't learned that, uh, that that's not necessary. But um, you can you can certainly do that 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 distributor, but the, the distributor doesn't have the module in it. And if the pickup's talking to the module, and the module's supposed to send spark at the appropriate time, and the module's defective, then the distributor won't help you at all. And by the time you put an ignition module on it, you spent twice as much money as anybody would have charged you to diagnose it. So, if you want to continue to guess, I think the distributor is a, is an educated guess, and you still haven't done the spark plug wires. And so um, I would take it outside tonight when it's dark, and I'd open up the hood, and I'd be in a dark place, and I'd have a spray bottle with me, and I'd spray down all the ignition systems, starting from the cap to all the spark plugs, and see if there's any errant spark. The water will help you see that, and I would try that, too. So you can try any of that you want. It's going to be difficult, and and. Again, I, I think you're best served just by having somebody do it. The, the seasoned guys out there um, are probably not going to spend an hour looking at what the problem is. Um, that's that's so just would it. Would, who would you recommend up in the North Glendale, Peoria area? Um, Thunderbird Auto at 88th Avenue and Indian, or 88th Avenue and Bell. 
Is it Bell? No, Thunderbird. That's right. Yeah, 88th Avenue and Thunderbird. Tom's a gray-haired guy. He could find it for you. Um, I'm, you know, and, and here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to tell him um, anything. I want you just to give him the symptoms and perhaps insist that his senior tech or him goes for a ride where you can demonstrate the problem. Because if you say, I've replaced all the fuel system, then they're going to go to the ignition side. And if you say, I've replaced all the ignition side, they're going to go to the fuel. And I suggest that's not in your best interest because you haven't fixed it yet. And I think it's a bad idea for you to direct the repair. I think it's a great idea that you just show him the symptoms. He'll see that you've got all kinds of new parts underneath there. But let him decide, because that's the first thing you have to decide is, is am, I, am I going to fuel or spark? Now, I don't know if you've disconnected the EGR valve, but I'd pull the vacuum line on the EGR valve and plug it with a pencil. Plug the vacuum line with a pencil or a golf tee and go drive it and see if that makes a difference. Because if the EGR starts fluttering, you're going to have a problem like you're describing. Okay. So that's that's what I would do. Good luck. And you know what I'd appreciate it is my email address is mark at marksalem.com. And if you just send me an email, mark at marksalem.com, and tell me what ultimately fixes it, I'd be interested because you, what you have is an unusual situation. All right. All righty. Thank you, Al. Thank you very much. All righty. We'll be back talking about cars in just a minute, but let me give you the phone number one more time, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Hello. I'm Greg May, owner of Phoenix Body Works. For 35 years, we've been demonstrating our workmanship, our honesty, our integrity, and our exceptional customer service. We are blessed to have so many repeat customers who refer their friends and family. We have ethical, loyal technicians who have been with us for years. They are ICAR certified, which means they are up to date on the latest technology and techniques. So your repairs meet or exceed industry standards. Our technicians are truly part of our family. We are very capable of fixing your car. We pull off damaged parts, we pull your frame and body mounts back to where they should be, then we install the new parts. We align both the front and rear end. Then your car is back to the way it was when new. Our customers come from all over the valley. I'm Greg May. Remember, it's your vehicle. You pick the shop, not the insurance company. Phoenix Body Works, we want to be your collision repair specialist. Call us, 623-582-1434, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on Saturday. A lead buyer is sought by a transportation company in Phoenix, Arizona to lead a team of two transportation buyers and one tracker responsible for port and rail operations in Northwest region. Analyze and implement best cost options to maximize profitability and customer satisfaction. Manage freight pickup and delivery operations. Develop partner carriers to meet market need. Requirements include a bachelor's degree in management, operations management, or closely related and one year of experience in job offered, or two years of experience as market analyst in the transportation industry. Requires at least two years of experience in port drayage operations, with refrigerated shipments and FSMA compliance, and with AS400 and TMW freight management software. Send resume to Human Resources, Knight Logistics, LLC, 20002 North 19th Avenue, Phoenix, Arizona, 85027. I'm a veteran. My victory was admitting I had PTSD and getting help. 
as America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. I no longer see it as a weakness, but as a sign of strength. I call it post-traumatic growth. DAV provides a lifetime of support, helping veterans of every generation get the benefits they've earned. I am a veteran. I lost both legs in Vietnam. Every year, DAV helps more than a million veterans so they can reach victories great and small. My victory was getting my benefits and a good education. I'm a veteran. When I got out, I felt like Nora was safe. My victory was finding the help I needed. But there's more to be done and more victories to be won. Thanks to DAV, now I feel like I'm human again. Help support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Zika is still a threat, so why risk it? We're taking our doctor's advice on how to protect our unborn baby from Zika birth defects. Let's keep stopping Zika. Visit cdc.gov slash prevent Zika. This message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Got an iPhone, BlackBerry, or smartphone? Download the Patriot app for your phone. Just go to your app store or log on to 960thepatriot.com today. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's 21 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, and if you'd like to join us, you certainly can. We're going to go to Mark. He's been on the line. The phone number, by the way, is 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And Mark, good morning to you. How can I help you? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. My son has a 2004 Chevy Impala. It's got about 160,000 miles on it. And about two months ago, he had um, a case where the car wasn't responding well to the steering wheel, and he would get some noise if he turned all the way in one direction. The front end and tie rods and everything is fine, and we checked the power steering fluid, and it was very brown, dirty. Um, we were able to get some air to come out of it. And about six weeks ago, we flushed um, all the power steering fluid through the rack and pinion and the pump and everything. Probably ran about a gallon and a half of fluid through it until it was very clean coming out of the return line. And okay. in the last six weeks now, his steering problem has come back. It started to steering what kind of chatters when he's kind of in the middle of the range. And the fluid is very brown and dirty, just like it was before we flushed it. Okay. You didn't happen to run the uh, return line through a coffee filter before you ran that old fluid into a five-gallon bucket, did you? No. No, we didn't. Okay. All right. Now, let's think about this together, okay? Yep. And the only thing that's moving in that whole system is the rack with steering input, with steering wheel input, and, of course, the pump. Now, what 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 you're describing sounds like to me that you've got a pump that's coming apart and it's contaminating the rack and it's burning the fluid. See, the rack can't burn the fluid, but the pump can. Okay. And and it chattering would suggest that we've got some of the orifices intermittently plugged up with metal that's being shed by the pump that ends up in the rack and ends up in the pump. Mm-hmm. So I, I I because of the brown fluid. And because when you flush the fluid, I'm thinking you got some of the metal out of it. So when you get brand new fluid in there and you flushed it and it was okay for some period of time and then the same problem came back, it would seem to me that the rack would be 
I'm fine because it can't burn the fluid and it doesn't start shedding metal, but the pump does. And okay. now when you put the new pump on, you can't take the the chance that you're going to flush metal out of that rack into the new pump. So when you hang the new pump on, then at the bottom, the, the hose that comes off of the return line from the rack um, and that goes back to the pump, you're going to take that one off, which is the return line. You you. But if you took the if you took the nipple off the pump and drained it there, then the rack is already that pressure's already gone through, and so has the metal. So we need the line from the rack into a five gallon bucket, and then you're going to use like a little uh, rubber cap on the pump so that nothing is returned to the pump. That's what I'm trying to say. Nothing is returned to the pump. So you'll start it up and turn the steering wheel left and right, and pretty soon you'll run out of fluid. So you shut it off and add some more fluid. Um, what we do is we just put a funnel down in there and we put a have a quart of oil and we just kind of keep the, the reservoir full while we're, so somebody else is inside the car and the car is at idle and they're turning the steering wheel left and right. So it's, it's actually a three-person deal. One guy's filling up the, 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 the brand-new pump, one guy's holding the return line, and the other guy's turning the steering wheel back and forth. So that way we flush everything out of the rack, we hook everything up together, and based on what you said last time, that that should do it. Yeah. When we flushed it the first time, we pulled the return line off the pump, and then we extended it and ran it into a pail, and then I just kept pouring brake fluid in the reservoir while he ran the rack and pinion back and forth. And okay. All right. Uh, didn't you have to plug, though? Um, the Didn't you have to plug the out the return line nipple, the low-pressure return line nipple going into the pump? Yes, we did. Okay. Okay, good. You did it right then. You did it right. Because when you put the fluid in the reservoir, we don't want it leaking out of the pump. We want it going into the high-pressure part of the pump. Right. And so you, you did it right. You did it right. Um, here's the bad news. The bad news is is if I'm right and if it's the pump's coming apart, mm-hmm. then the rack's not going to be far behind because it's hard for that rack to digest metal. Right, right. So if you have a problem and the rack goes bad, the symptoms will be different, by the way. So don't call Mark Salem and say you were wrong. There'll be different symptoms if the rack, and it'll start leaking as most of the time, it'll start leaking. Uh, and, and and after 100 and what you say, 160,000 miles, the thing's been around the world six times, so it's probably giving you good service. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate it. All right. Good luck to you. That was an especially good call because it sounded like, and it didn't sound like, he clearly, Mark was clearly um, well-versed on what he was doing. And he gave me the symptoms, which is just great. And then he told me what he did and the fact that he pulled the return line and the fact that he flushed it, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. But there's two ends of the return line. and I, I wanted him. I didn't want the fluid coming from the pump through the rack, pick up all the metal there, and then go back to the pump. Then we begin to circulate it. We don't want the new pump to have anything coming into it from the rack. So it's kind of hard to explain, but there's a high-pressure exit on the pump and a low-pressure entrance on the pump, and we want to interrupt the entrance. So it was was really nice because I liked the part where he said the first time we flushed it, everything was okay for some period of time, and then the problem came back. And so those are that kind of an exchange, and those, those were kind of key words to me. And it would have been the same conversation had I been at the shop and somebody would have 
one of the techs comes in and tells me that we 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 would get all the gray haired guys together and we would school the young buck <laughs> and tell him. <laughs> but that's the brain trust. It's it's kind of like all shops have it. The more senior guys help everybody else out. Auto Dynamics is Sun City's largest and most trusted facility, auto repair facility. It's been family owned and operated since 1982. Chuck started it, and then his son Derek now runs it. And Automotive Dynamics, their staffs and mechanics are not paid a commission or a percentage of your repair bill. Therefore, Derek can ensure that they're not going to sell you unnecessary parts or repair. So if you're looking for a great shop in the Sun City area, pretty much a full-service shop, I would recommend you visit Auto Dynamics on the north side of Grand, just west of 99th Avenue. Have them do an oil change. That's an easy thing to do. And then you can decide how you were treated. What you want to avoid is the 1995 oil change and then turn around and end up with a laundry list that's a mile long. And, you know, the end result is thousands of dollars of what you need. Don't forget that self-defense for car expense includes the following sentences. Show me in my owner's manual where the service is necessary and due, the service that you're suggesting I do. And number two, if, you, if you're going to fix motor mounts, and, and that's part of what your list is, or any part, what symptom do I have today that you're going to repair with your suggested repair? So what kind of things is going on today that you're going to fix and I'm going to be able to say, oh, the vibration's gone. It was the motor mounts. Or when you put the, the, mat, or when you put the motor mounts in for $1,200, then you say to yourself, nothing's changed. It feels the same. It drives the same. Nothing's changed. That's going to be a bad feeling. So there is typically symptoms associated with those kinds of suggested repairs. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. You're welcome to join us. We're going to be here till noon. Every Saturday we're here from 10 to 12. So you're more than welcome to come in and give us a call. 602-508-0960. My name is Mark Salem. This is KKNT 960. We'll be back. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons Tom and Paul operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, You give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? 
The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit, 800-786-9300. That's 800-786-9300. 800-786-9300. Hey, kids, let mom help with your science project. This new mom wants her kids' science project to thrive. Too bad she hasn't cracked a science book since 1985. A metathesis reaction? Compounds, mixtures, and elements. Even this baking soda volcano is too big of an experiment. Whoa. Now she's completely forgotten the periodic table. Now she's burning a hole through the kitchen table. Burning with science. But her kids' love for the mom is truly transparent. You don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. Don't tell Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Sometimes I, my parents have to take me to the hospital. Today, one out of 13 children suffer from some form of asthma, accounting for nearly one-third of all emergency room visits. I feel like I'm choking. It's kind of like an elephant is on my chest. A little whistle sound comes out when I breathe. But while your child may suffer from asthma... Asthma doesn't have to make your child suffer. There are simple ways you can prevent your child's next attack. To learn more, call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. That's 1-866-662-8822. Log on to www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many. I feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA, the Ad Council, and this station. All about that Hello, Mark. You're back on. Okay. It's 1134, 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Let's go to the phones and we're going to talk to Cindy. Cindy, good morning or good afternoon. How are you and what can I do for you? I'm fine. Thank you. I've been wanting to call for a while, so I finally decided to get the about to call. Um, I have uh, a used Toyota uh, 4Runner. But I kind of miss, I, I've been wanting a, a newer car with bells and whistles, but I don't want to pay, brand new, uh, pay for a brand new car. So I was looking at, I wanted your opinion on which um, car has more repairs to the bells and whistles or mechanical issues. I'm trying to decide between a, a Lincoln MKX, one of those uh, small SUVs, and a Cadillac equivalent of that. 
So what should you recommend? Is one better than the other or stay away from both and stay with my Toyotas and Hondas or what? You know that's a that's a tough call. I mean, when you give me those two, you give me the Lincoln and the equivalent of the Cadillac. Um, you know, I just can't answer that question. I uh, those those cars um, do not dominate the car market. Um, those cars may very well be less than one or two percent of them on the road. So it's it's difficult to. To to, uh, but I, I mean I could do that if I was at work right now, um, and I could look up. Um, but I need you to be specific about the Cadillac. Tell me which model you want. Um, and and I remember the numbers. I wish they were given names, but it's like the it kind of looks like the MKX, which is the SUV type. Um, yeah. Uh, but but more interested in the used ones because you can pick up a used one pretty good price, but I'm tr- I'm worried about um, the more bells and whistles they have. Do the you know, more electronics they have? Do you see they're having more issues? Uh, okay, I don't I don't I don't agree that the more bells and whistles it has, um, that you're going to spend a whole lot more money. My wife's car's got eighty eight thousand miles on it, and we recently had to replace the rear backup camera, and that's the first maintenance big ticket item that we've had on her car. Um, I, I also think. It, it has a lot to do with who's driving it and how they're driving it, because I, I can assure you a couple of 18-year-old kids can tear up just about any car. Um, as far as a used car is concerned, my, my strong suggestion would be to you is is have any used car checked over by the repair shop that's going to do the work. So it's called a used car checkover. It usually is about $100, give or take about 25 They go through the car and they give you a list of what it needs today and next week, next month, and next year, it's also important on any used car that you run a Carfax to make sure that what you're being told is the truth. I can't tell you how many times a month I do a Carfax. It happened just the other day, and the uh, the facility was saying that this is a one-owner car. I ran a Carfax for my customer, and it was on its third owner. And so the customer, if he bought the car, would be the fourth owner. Yeah. So I don't like the idea that people don't know the history or they represent that they do know the history, but they don't. So I, 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 I now here's my offer to you. If you would email me, Mark at Mark Salem, Salem like the cigarette dot com yeah. and give me your two specific models. I'll do two things for you for free. I'll look up in our database and I'll look at the tickets and the cost of the tickets for those two cars for the last three years. And number two, I'll grab everybody at lunch and I'll ask them. And you'll have the benefit of about 10 or 12 people that have been in the business a very long time. Seven of them are master techs, so they're, we're all real seasoned. And I will ask them the question, if you want to give me four cars, I'll take four cars. Then you have to tell me whether you're buying used or new. And if you'll do that, I'll help you. I'll give you some suggestions based on historical repairs and based on what those cars look like from the repair from my repair shop's point of view not from every repair shop but for mine yeah and the current car i have is a toyota forerunner it's been a great car since 2008 and it the carfax said it had one accident and so that really doesn't scare me because it's been a great car you know i don't know what accident it had but 
So sometimes Carfaxes can scare you away from a car, but is there um, any advice for Carfax? Say that last question again. I, I got any advice, and then I kind of missed it. How much do you take? Well, like you were just telling me, you take it with a grain of salt because the Carfax just disproved what somebody was saying. But, but do sometimes they alter those? I'm worried about Carfax. Sometimes they can't be as honest as they are. But You know, that, that, that just really isn't my experience. Um, Carfax okay. buys... Carfax buys um, data from guys like me, although I don't sell it to Carfax. Um, I don't okay. think I, I think I need to ask all my customers if I can share their repairs with someone else. But I know that many, many, many dealers sell their data, and I can tell you that most Carfaxes. Well, I can tell you all the Carfaxes I've seen um, probably prove that whoever's selling them um, is 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 not telling you the truth. Um, I have really 99% faith in Carfax and the data it has because there's a lot of times um, when we get a Carfax, the person who's selling the car, whether it be a private party or a used car lot or whether it be a dealership, um, they're making up the history of the car to benefit them. And that one owner, you know, 30,000 mile car is quite different than Carfax that turns out to be, um, <laughs> it turns out to be a salvage title car. Yeah, so yeah. that's kind of what, well, what, we're, what, what we're worried about. But I want to put your mind at ease, if I can, that Carfax is a very valuable tool when you buy a used car. And I'm not doing okay. commercials for them, and, and they don't pay me. Please understand, um, I'm, I'm giving you the same advice I'd give my mother or um, my neighbors or my customers, okay? Okay, so thank you very much. Appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. 602-508-0960. My name is Mark Salem. We'll be back in a minute. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. The Army National Guard is committed to keeping the country safe and our community secure. Composed of hundreds of thousands of citizen soldiers from all walks of life, the Guard is always ready to respond to local or national emergencies. We protect the homeland. We're always there when called upon. And in every state and territory, we stand guard for our communities. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Arizona Army National Guard. Aired by the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station. 
This is the Terminator. Listen to America's money ace of the airways, Victoria McVeigh, here at 960 The Patriot. She's smart, savvy, and a serial entrepreneur. So grab your wine, whiskey, or Perrier and come play with Victoria McVeigh on Sundays at 8 p.m. She'll have you saying hasta la vista, baby, to your financial dismay. This is Lon Hee Chen of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. President Barack Obama returned to the campaign trail last week with a strident and wide-ranging rebuke of President Trump and Republicans. He was asking voters to remember the good old days when he was in charge. But let's not forget the fruits of his labor. Here at home, he oversaw anemic economic growth, fought for a costly health care law that has increased premiums and imposed stifling regulations. Abroad, he pursued a foolish nuclear deal with Iran, failed to articulate a comprehensive strategy for eradicating radical Islamic terrorism, and did not deal decisively with Syria, a failing that has resulted in human suffering to this day. During campaign season, it's natural for politicians to exaggerate a little in making their case. But we shouldn't let President Obama get away with a complete rewrite of his own history in office. I'm Lon Hee Chen. For more information, please visit townhallreview.com. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.e. have somehow reconnected and neither Gil nor I has a clue as to what happened and that I'm going to turn you on you're you're all set okay um, we don't even know we don't even know uh, neither if, one you, of us if you can pump up your why. level just a little bit okay um, I, I've given you all I can give you okay um, we're good is that are you okay okay yeah we're okay um, and ask me if I bring up my level and i said i'm, I'm giving you all i can give you <laughs> so um i'm on my kai and uh and i'm i'm doing the best i can nevertheless uh we're going to go to the phones real quick doc is first doc how can i help you today i got a 2012 lincoln mkt with eighty-five thousand miles on it and it's a direct injection eco boost as you know and uh, okay. with that, you see on the Internet a lot of times they're talking about the fact that the cylinder intake valves in 2 and 3 get corrosion, I mean deposits on them, that restrict the airflow into the, uh, into the cylinders. And I'm wondering if that's true or not, and if it is, what do you do about it? Okay, the symptoms are an engine miss, and the engine will start running pretty poorly. Here's what happened. We had the injector behind the intake valve. Now, as the valve opens and closes, we need to put a film of, of oil on the valve stem. We need to lubricate the hole the valve goes in and out of, okay? So when we spray gas on the back of the intake valve, we would wash that oil away. So it was everything was fine. With direct injection, they moved the injector to the cylinder adjacent to the spark plug. So the valve is now opening and closing, but there's nothing to burn the oil off. The gas would hit that film of oil and wash it into the cylinder. So now we have this carbon problem, and it is not related. This, this is a YouTube kind of thing where, oh, it's always related to cylinder two and three. It's not. It's related to all kinds of cylinders. What you can do is um, every probably 30,000 miles have somebody run some cleaner through it because it's direct injection for no other reason 
Your motor's not going to love you if you do a cleaner once a day, once a week, once a month. It's not going to love you anymore. So, and then also when you do drive it, it's okay to roughhouse it. So it's okay for you to rattle it every once in a while. When you're getting on the freeway Sunday morning, no one's around you, you haven't been drinking, you look around, you're at the top of the ramp, the freeway's heart is vacant, you nail it to the floor and you run it pretty hard to the bottom of the ramp and then slow down for the speed limit. So all of that stuff. Um, but you're at 85,000 miles, you said, and you haven't had a problem. That bodes well for your kind of driving, either that or your wife's been hot rodding at one or the other. Well, she does a lot. Of, she does a lot of expressway driving between uh, downtown Phoenix and uh, out here on the East Valley. So she's putting she's putting fifty miles round trip on it uh, four or five days a week. Yeah, there's all kinds of. This is brand new to us, to our industry. This is brand new. We don't really know how to handle it. There's all kinds of concoction and witch doctors and you know take some camel urine and put it in your gas tank and it'll eat up this carbon, all this craziness out there. Now, the machine shops are getting a lot of this because people are pulling the heads off and the intake port is completely plugged up. And as a result of that, it goes to the machine shop. They take all the valves out of it. They clean everything up. They put it all back together. So I've been using nail urine myself. (laughs) You've been what? I've been using snail urine myself. But uh, okay. at about uh, at about seventy thousand miles, I ran some of that BG stuff through there, you know, through the intake, uh-huh. and she smoked for a while. So yes. I, I guess I'm doing what you say. Every thirty thousand, run a little bit of that through it. Yeah. And uh, now, like I said, uh, she drives it. See, the thing of it is, is that supposedly what happens is instead of the uh, or the the um, crankcase ventilation sprays the uh, two and three valves. Uh, on that eco on the Ford EcoBoost, so that's supposedly the source of the problem in that engine. No, we're not using the air, the intake valve other than to run air. So air's going through the oil f- air filter, and then it sits in the intake manifold until the intake valve opens, and then we're just running air into the cylinder. The fuel's no, but, coming no, through but the injector. above above the valve in the cylinder, the the crankcase ventilation goes onto those two stems. It's the oil. Okay, I'm, not, I, I'm not familiar with that. Every other PCV valve system um, is sucking from vacuum and is going to grab a valve cover. It's not in the intake system at all. Well, so, the, 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 Ford, the Ford mechanic shows you, shows you where it is on the, okay. on the Ford EcoBoost. But anyway, right. uh, thank you for yeah. the information. Wait a minute. I'm wait doing, a minute. Oh. Okay, hold on. Hold on. How do you get that urine out of the snail? <laughs> I'm you just have to get a lot. You. you have to get a lot of. I do that before we cook a meat. I mean, they're escargot. So <laughs> yeah. you get the snail urine out first. I store it in a bottle, and then we add it whenever we need to. No, because okay, is, okay. Is, is, he must is, eat is, a lot uh, of snails. Seafoam, okay. <laughs> Uh, and, and and I like seafoam. Uh, let me tell you something. Some of the chemicals that are out there, I mean, if I buy this chemical and I use lots of this chemical, they're going to make give me money back, and then they're going to put me on my website, and then they're going to send a lot of customers to me. I don't like that. I want your product to work. I don't care about the rest of that stuff. Seafoam is yeah. a pretty good a pretty good situation. Did you yeah, see I loved it in my boat. this? Okay. Did you see this? number two and number three cylinder that happened to be closest to the PCV valve. Did you see that from on a Ford website or not? Yes. 
Okay. All right. And I'm just confused. We got vacuum where we're sucking the fumes out of the uh, valve covers, and then we're sending it to the entire intake manifold because the PCV valve line, the suck portion, is the intake manifold where vacuum exists. And at yeah, that's that where point, I usually see. Yeah. But I, I, I'm confused, and I've been wrong before. So if I'm wrong, I'll raise my Renee, tell him. Yeah, you've been wrong before. And I've been wrong before, and do I know how to raise my hand? Most yeah, of the time, no, except God. with me. <laughs> but anyway, Doc, Nothing's going to happen if I do that every 30,000 miles. I'm going to give the car to my kid. So he used to, he used to drive their F-150s until they fall apart, so oh, it should be good. okay. You bet, you bet. Well, th- thank you very much, and thank you for your, for your humorous comment. You made my day, buddy. Thank you very much, Doc. Yeah. All righty, snail urine. Remember that, right? Okay. We're gonna next time we go to the store, we're gonna get some snails, and I'm suspecting we're gonna need some tweezers, <laughs> but I'm not sure. I'm not helping. All righty, <laughs> Tom, you're up next. Uh, how can I help you? Mark, how you doing? Good. I talked to you a couple of weeks ago. I was concerned about a car not running warm enough this time of year, like 175, and it's got a supposedly a 180 degree thermostat in it. I just wondered, do you know a parts man or a parts department? Every time I go in and say, I've got this car, has this thermostat in it, I've got the number, then everyone's application. I'd like to cross-reference it and go to a 195. Who would I go to see for that? Well, what what year is your car? It's a 2016 Mazda, and, and it's got a 180 in it. I did the temperature gun, like you said. I'm not getting those warm under hood temperatures. So I'm getting like 180 okay. at right. the top radiator hose after I run it. Okay. All right. Let me ask you questions. Um, sure. So you went into the parts store on a 2016, and they're telling you it needs a 180? Yes. Yeah. Everywhere I go, and it's like talking to a recording on it, you know, I tell them what I want, and they say, what kind of car? And then that's what the book shows. So I'd like to find an old-fashioned parts guy who can cross-reference. So with this part thermostat I've got here, this is a 195, even though the application on it keeps saying a 180. All right. I'm going to do something for you that I never do, but I'm going to do it (laughs) just for you. All right. I want you. You got a pencil handy? Got it right here. 480-598-5500. 480-598-1234. Okay. 480-598-1234. You're going to call and ask for Jeff. And um, if they ask you why, you're going to say that uh, Mark is allowing me to talk to Jeff about a parts problem. <coughs> then when you get Jeff, you tell him that Mark gave me permission to call you and talk to you. And you okay. give him your name. And I'm going to tell Jeff that he's only supposed to talk to you. And I'm going to tell him you have a 2016 Mazda. And um, and Jeff will guide you. He's the best parts guy. I, the other day, I, I bet him we had an old Packard or a Rolls Royce in Packard. there. What well, Packard. Mm-hmm. And we needed a water pump for it. It was like a 49. <laughs> and so I said, there's no way in God's green earth you're going to find a water pump for this Packard. You need to find somebody who re- will rebuild it for us. And I don't know, two days later, he comes into my office and he kind of tosses this box on the, my dash, or on my dash, my desk. And he goes, why don't you open that up and look at it? 
And I said, has that got a Packer water pump in it? And he goes, yep. And I said, I don't need to open it. <laughs> I, I said, get out of my office. So he's really good at what he does, and I'm going to let him help you out on this, okay? Thank you. Mark, i got one other thing. Okay. Mark, one other thing. The, yes, sir. Go right ahead. Up, if you sneak up behind those snails, sometimes you can get them to release the snails. <laughs> you don't even have to use <laughs> well you know what i we were talking during the break renee goes if the snail has a pair of pants we scare them then we can just wring out their pants yeah. but um, you know it's a lot better no to word. talk about that than camel urine. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. thank you very much sir thank oh, you gosh. that's it all right you betcha 60250 uh, i don't we have we don't have enough time for you i'm sorry anyway i'm sorry for the technical issues i'm sorry that we uh we had some problems and Gil, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still trying to get my brain around what you guys are talking about. The camel stuff <laughs> yeah. and the snake stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know way what? too much. This the, oh, and I didn't have a signal from the station. That's the reason why I said Gil, Gil, Gil. Yes. This is virtually going to guarantee me an audience with the GM on Monday. Okay? Guaranteed. He's going to call me in, and he's going to say, Mr. Salem, I'd like to talk to you. What time can you be in my office? And I have my own chair in his office. You know that. So I'm going to go in, and I'm going to sit down, and he's going to say, um, I understand that you may have got off track from the car show this weekend. And I'm going to say, yes, sir, I think we did a couple of times. And he says, he's going to say, well, um, what did you say? And I'm going to say, you've already listened to the logger tape, so you already know what I said. And, and I am going to, I'm going to hurt Gil. I'm going to, um, I'm going to make, make Gil pay for snitching me off. And he's going to laugh and he's going to say, no, that's not true. Gil didn't snitch you off. We yeah, we just became a zoo section for a little bit. Thought, that's okay. Yeah, that's right. That's it. That's it. That's exactly right. But anyway, um, I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to say I'm very sorry. I'll try to stay away from those kinds of comments, although I can't possibly guarantee it for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And um, this is a show to remember, believe me. (laughs) Oh, camel pee-pee and snail pee-pee. Yeah, very good. And and that's just something that we ought to stay away from. Snail pants. I don't know how that got into it. Yeah, yes. And and, yeah. and and snails with pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They probably have Levi's on because yeah, they're probably. studly guys. All right. This portion of Unhood is brought to you by Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. They've been on Stapley and Main Street for quite a few years. Brian and Thelma own the place. They're a good place to go to. They're a very good place to go to. They're the only shop in Mesa that I point to and say, those of you in Mesa, if you can, go to Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. Now, North Phoenix, you're talking about Kurtz Auto Repair, which is on I-17 in Bell. You've heard me talk about Kurtz. Kurtz is a great guy. He can pull rabbits out of his hat. He's got he's a master. He's got two other masters there. They've been around the block. Two of them have gray hair. One of them's bald, so we don't know what color his hair is. But nevertheless, Kurtz at I-17 in Bell, northeast corner, is a great place. And he was a Better Business Bureau Ethic Award winner not too long ago, and I think that says a lot. My email address is mark at mark salem.com give me your phone number i'll call you back on a uh, blocked line or i'll answer you via email mark with a k at mark salem salem like the cigarette dot com mark at mark salem.com or salem witches which is like my sisters the salem girls and they're all witches nevertheless i'll be in trouble with them but i don't care we'll see you next week 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.